to Global Bitcoin Fest and today we're meeting Slovakia, the Slovak Bitcoin community. Super excited about this space. It's the first country uh, in Eastern Europe that we're visiting with this podcast and um, I hear that there's some really interesting uh, Bitcoiners over there in Slovakia. So really excited to hear more. Global Bitcoin Fest is a pleb organized. Um, we're a group of plebs that started back in 21 by giving away free sats in Latin America in Spanish. And um, we uh, accelerated that effort after Nayib Bukele announced the law on the 7th of June. And uh, we did uh, El Salvador, Mexico, Cuba, Venezuela. And we formed a little group in a chat and that felt it was uh, interesting and fun to do it. This was basically when Lightning really started taking off in 21 after many years of development. Then, then somebody had the idea, let's do a 24-hour non-stop Twitter space where we celebrate the adoption of Bitcoin on the 7th of September when El Salvador, the law, the legal tender law, becomes live in El Salvador. And we just had six, seven days to prepare. It was a crazy six, seven days. A lot of people put in a lot of effort and it was just an amazing tw 24 hours. People joined uh, from all over the world, did one hour sessions from uh, 18 or 19 different communities around the world. So it was super, super cool. And uh, we decided let's do this every week. Once a week, let's interview one community and hear what's going on on the ground. So here we are, Bitcoin Slovakia. And um, I'm your co-host, Lucas. I started uh, really, uh, I discovered Bitcoin back in 2013, but I was uh, not really ready to understand. I dug in, but I fell for unit bias, bought some Litecoin, mined some Litecoin, bought some Feathercoin, and uh, then I didn't have time because I was building my own startup. And uh, in 2017, I got kicked out and I had some time on my hands to do more research. And I got all caught up in the block size wars. There wasn't a lot of knowledge like it is now where we have all the Michael Saylors and so much amazing knowledge is freely available. Uh, so I got confused. I should coin again all in shit coins lost 98% in 2018 and only in 2020 when I sold the shares in the company that I started uh, and had to really think hard about how to save uh, properly. Uh, I came back to Bitcoin and I realized it's, it was the only savings account that I could trust. And after that, I started hanging in spaces. I became more and more maxi and uh, not having any specific project in Bitcoin. I thought, hey, uh, this Global Bitcoin Fest thing is really nice. It's really cool. I like to travel. I like to learn about people in different countries. Um, yeah, let's do this. That's one of my main contributions at the moment. So that's me. 
and um, I'm building a little startup in the background, but nobody knows what it is. I'm not marketing it because we're still coding since one and a half years. That's it. That's me. Slovak Hodl, Hodl von Slovakia. What do I call you? Please uh, share your journey. Hello, everyone. Uh, thanks for the spaces. You can call me Tulko if you like. So basically, I discovered Bitcoin in 2017 uh, during spring. It was introduced to me uh, by some of my friends. So I didn't really pay attention at that time because I was also a little bit, you know, skeptic and I just thought it's some kind of, you know, play or something. And then we started to talk about it more and more with friends. And then I, will, I consider myself a little bit lucky because I had to change uh, my savings account because I had, you know, some really stupid savings that I don't, don't want to talk into detail. So after a few months, when the price climbed from like 16,000 to 22,000, um, uh, uh, sorry, uh, 1600 to 2200, then uh, I decided it's a uh, good time to change my savings. So I did <laughs> in November, which was maybe a little bit later than I expected, but nevertheless, I made a move. And ever since I'm saving in Bitcoin till today. Thank you very much. And um, we have Swedok Satoshiho. What do I call you? No problem, Martin. If it's easier. Yeah. So okay. please uh, share your story and um, anything about you that you want to share with us. Yeah. So I just arrived from Prague and I'm multitasking a little bit. But all right. So. Uh, I started in 2017 because I was financial advisor that time and I saw Bitcoin and crypto was becoming a theme. So I started to buy Bitcoin and crypto assets to my clients' portfolios. But since then we changed to Bitcoin only strategy and I became a big fan of Bitcoin and I'm running a note and I already working like a uncle Jim for my friends and community. So they are getting connected to my node and I'm uh, orange pilling a lot of people everywhere I go. I talk about Bitcoin and I have some good strategies probably I can share later. And what, uh, what else? I did some uh, community projects in Bitcoin. Uh, probably heard about that football club in Slovakia. It was, I call it the guerrilla marketing and did some poster exhibition. Also was helping Tushan with the book, Bitcoin money book. And that's it in very short. We're happy you're here and very curious to hear more about your saving strategies and this, this football club later. Um, so Bitcoin Yoxi, hey, welcome. Nice to have you. Thank you. Thank you. So you can call me Yoxi or Yoshi, whatever. Uh, okay, something shortly about me. Uh, I'm also class of 2017 like uh, Martin and Tulko. <laughs> so it seems class 2017 is very popular here. Uh, basically, uh, how I got to the Bitcoin is a very short answer, mainly thanks to uh, Martin, Svedok Satoshiha. 
because we were working at the time together as financial advisors, which I'm still doing, actually. But uh, since that time, I'm uh, quite giving a lot of focus on Bitcoin because I fell down the rabbit hole. And actually, we are we are even uh, uh, schoolmates from the school with Martin, so we know each other for a very long time. But uh, he's a, he's the real Bitcoiner in <laughs> in this group. I mean, he really he really is one hundred percent dived into this into this stuff. So uh, quite a big uh, appraisal from my side to him that uh, he brought me in the beginning to the to the space uh, to this. Uh, to this Bitcoin community. Of course, as most of the people, uh, I was also the, uh, going through the classic pattern uh, from going from no-coiner to multi-coiner, e.g. shitcoiner, and then losing uh, <laughs> quite a lot of money in the 2018 beer market when all the shitcoins were down. But the beer market was very, very great time to, to study. So. Now I try to listen to podcasts um, mostly all day, or sorry, every day. And I became a Bitcoin maxi without, <laughs> with no shitcoins at all. And uh, I say, yes, usually this is the best way. Because now I try to uh, explain people that uh, don't don't look at the shitcoins, just consider the, the Bitcoin. But uh, the really best way is uh, when people uh, learn the, high, the, the hard way, that they lose some money. As I usually say, uh, the the university is uh, very expensive. <laughs> Learning is very expensive, so this is the way. Okay, so shortly, that should be. Thank you so much. We have Yustam, uh, Yustaman. Hey, what's up? It sounds almost Rastafarian. Uh, welcome. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for inviting me. And sure, yeah, just call me Yustaman. That's my nickname here. And uh hello all yeah maybe shortly about me uh five years ago which is again 2017 that's the bitcoin boom in slovakia i guess uh you know i started mining bitcoin with my gaming pc but um, to do that you know you, sh you first need to mine ethereum and then convert it to bitcoin but that's my beginning but i left it there i didn't touch it because i just didn't understand any of the coins like what is it what does it do but i see Price 1,000%, then I say it crashed 80%, and everybody was calling it a bubble, but then I see it didn't go to zero. So I say, okay, this is something This is something to watch for. And I was always looking like how to protect about inflation from the looming recession. Every, every, every time in news, there was something bad going to happen with the economy. And just to leave the system, I mean, this was the best way, and just hope on the train, and I never left since. So that's about me. Awesomeness. So nice to have you all here. And hey, yes, we got Jay Vonell. Yes. Hey, Jay Vonell. Yeah, I'm uh, a little bit of a uh, newbie. I started in 2020 uh, with, actual, with actually buying, buying some Bitcoin. Anyways, uh, I've been I've been studying some Austrian economics since like 2009, something like that. So I've read Rothbard and stuff, and I knew about Bitcoin, but for some reason I didn't believe so much. And yeah, then then came the number go number goes up, 
stupid thing. <laughs> and I realized um, this is the stuff uh, for me. And yeah, right now I'm pretty much all in Bitcoin, pretty much a maxi. And I'm enjoying just the journey through the rabbit hole. Awesome. Do you do any specific project? Uh, do you have a node? Do you do anything else? Um, I'm participating with uh, Hydra Node, which is a um, such a bigger lightning node. Uh, it's actually a, a provider uh, for lightning payments for uh, merchants. So if someone is, I don't know, coffee shop, owner or pub owner he could uh, ask us to make him a a uh, payment terminal so he could just uh, receive payments with uh, lightning network <clears throat> it's so far it's good. that's cool yeah so so far it's going well and we hope we'll be able to you know scale it and bring it to more people, more plebs um, and orange pill, more uh, merchants and providers. So we'll see what happens. Awesome. Definitely want to hear more about that later. Hopefully. So we have everybody here and um, let's move to the next section, which is about uh, Slovakia. And so, um, uh, just uh, knowing a little bit about the culture in Slovakia, uh, a little bit of the history of Slovakia, and uh, some other uh, things that people may not know about Slovakia. How many people live in Slovakia? What's the inflation rate? Uh, 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 things like that. So, could somebody, um, somebody that would like to start um, share a little bit of uh, their knowledge here? Okay, maybe I can start and guys can jump in with anything they want. So Slovakia is uh, uh, a 5.5 million country. Uh, so we have 5.5 million inhabitants. It's in uh, central eastern Europe. Uh, so in, let's say in the heart of the Europe. <laughs> and uh, it's not a big country. Uh, if For maybe better imagination, it's uh, bigger than Denmark and uh, Switzerland, but uh, maybe like 20% bigger. And it's big, like I just, I was looking at the table of states, which one is very similar, and it's very similar to Dominican Republic with the size. So 5.5 million people, uh, 50,000 square meters almost. And uh, well, what to say? As, as for the culture, um, maybe uh, some older people especially heard about Czechoslovakia before because we were up to up to 1991 we were one state Czechoslovakia where we split it apart and became two two countries and this is considered as a let's say as a nice example of how two countries can peacefully uh, split because there were no wars no 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 big problems and we speak it really peacefully and still we are very uh, closely connected with Czech Republic we are very there are many even relationships uh, families and so on uh, and as for the culture we are classical let's say uh, Christian 
mainly Christian oriented, mainly uh, I think around 70 to 80 percent people uh, say they are Christians. So maybe from my side, that that guys, you can jump in with some things. Okay, I'll continue, Yoshi. Thank you. So as for the creation of the country, it was actually 1993, but no problem, just a small difference. And uh, as Yoshi said, we used to be one country, Czechoslovakia. Before that, we were part of so-called Austrian-Hungarian Empire. And in 1918, after the First World War, we created a new country together with Czechs, Czechoslovakia. And we split in 1993. And it was, you know, those years were called so-called Velvet Revolution when the communist regime fell and nobody died. It was a very peaceful split of the countries. And until today, we are the best partners, best friends, you know, like on the country, countrywide level. And there is a tradition, probably you may not know, but if there is a new president elected in our country, the first foreign journey is to Czech Republic. And the new president of Czech Republic, if there is an election and he is a new one, he is coming to Slovakia, which is a very symbolic gesture. As for the population, as Joshi said, we have 5.5 million people and a strong Hungarian community. People in the south part of Slovakia, due to the history, are Slovakian Hungarians. So I would say it's about 10%. And uh, for the culture, we are known, or, or culture probably sport, the best, the most popular sport in Slovakia is probably 50-50 football and ice hockey. And we were also ice hockey champions in 2002. And as for the culture, I don't know now quickly, but yeah, if you meet some Slovaks in the world, probably they would be like to have a drink or two. They are generally uh, passionate people, like, you know, <laughs> Italians or something like that. Like, uh, as if we compare us to Czech people, we are friends with them, but we are a little bit different personalities. We are a little bit more crazier. That's what it's coming to my mind. And what else? Yeah, if you haven't visited Slovakia, I recommend you do so. Someday we have a nice national park called High Tatras and Lower Tatras and also visit nice town. The biggest town is Bratislava, which is capital. I think half a million people. It is in the western part of the country near Vienna, near the border. And the second biggest city is Košice, and I am from Košice, and Yoshi is from Košice. About a quarter of a million people live here, and it's quite a nice town. So if you have, if you ever wander around, let me know. We can have a beer or coffee, a uh, Bitcoin talk. So if anyone else can add something I missed, go ahead. Uh, maybe I can just jump in and just say for the more far away history, uh, there is a running joke that uh, Slovakia doesn't have its own identity. Because as a group, we always were part of a something bigger, but there is always a core Slovakian thing to have. But otherwise, like the first ever mention of Slovakia could be traced like 600 AD. So yeah, we are pretty a uh, new nation compared to other uh, European countries. Yeah, so we don't have the old scenes like you, you, you rest guys. You know, <laughs> maybe, maybe just something came up, came to my mind when uh, when uh, Martin was talking. Uh, as for the landscape, we do not have uh, sea, but uh, we have a very beautiful nature, uh, which many visitors uh, say that on a small uh, area, the country is packed with many nice things, especially we have 
mountains. Uh, we have very, a lot of nice castles. Um, uh, this um, natural spa, you know, spa for for uh, different uh, like mineral waters and so on. So very nice country. Definitely worth visiting. And just let us know if you are here. I will add one more thing if I can. And as for the inflation, we don't have any inflation. It's a joke. No, we it's the things are pretty much the same as everywhere in the Europe. Yeah, prices almost fifteen percent up, which is officially declared. But whenever I go shopping, I think I'm paying forty, thirty percent. I don't know. You know, as as we all know, Bitcoiners, those CPI numbers has to be very strongly manipulated. So yes, we have inflation, and let's fix it with Bitcoin. Yeah, the official number is thirteen point six percent for the last month, actually. It's pretty <laughs> high. Mm, I can only add that I think that guys said it very nicely. I think they mentioned all the good stuff. And maybe from the recent uh, situation regarding our <clears throat> uh, eastern uh, neighbors, maybe uh, there will be a little change when it comes to you know, population. But I don't want to talk about it that much, but I think it's worth mentioning just a little bit. Do you mean that you have gotten a lot of uh, Ukrainian refugees? Is that what you mean? Yeah, I think we have. One thing that I wonder is, so I my family is Polish and in my company before I had a lot of Polish developers and one thing that I noticed, I'm born in Sweden, so I'm pretty much Swedish, but what I noticed was that Polish developers are very straightforward. I mean, they don't, they're not shy to tell some, one of their friends, you know, you're an idiot, that, that sucks. Like, that's not going to work. Uh, pretty straightforward. Um, is Slovak culture similar in that way? Or is there, um, is there a more soft, soft tone? Um, may I just say, uh, I know Polish quite well. Polish people, and I say yes, <laughs> pretty much yes. So the same, yeah, straightforward. Yes, I agree. Uh, if I can say, I don't think Pol uh, Slovakia is really politically correct that much. <laughs> uh, that that must be pretty nice, actually. I know I know multiple people from Sweden uh, that are uh, maybe not Bitcoiners but libertarian. Uh, they they flee. Uh, within quotes to uh, Eastern Europe, Czech, Slovakia, um, Hungary, uh, countries that are not as politically correct. So uh, there is such a trend. Have you noticed that? In, are there more Western Europeans fleeing to Slovakia? Um, I'd say not really to Slovakia because it's got some serious issues, but um, I see this trend in Czech Republic, I would say, and as well partially in Poland, as far as I can, I mean, as far as I do observe. What, what's the issues that you mentioned that makes people not move to Slovakia? <laughs> um, I didn't want to rant about the government, but yeah, the government pretty much current and, and, and the recent one as well. And, you know, just stupid morons, something like that. In what yeah, way? It seems it, it, seems it will not change uh, to the better. For many years, when I look at the scene, which, at, at the yeah, sure. we have here. 
I agree. I just didn't want to 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 dive in this this uh, mud of politics, but um, we've got pretty much anti-crypto legisla- legislature, as far as I can say. Um, and this country is not really a libertarian paradise, uh, which is actually lots of great minds are fleeing from Slovakia. Uh, to, to, for example, Latin America, like, uh, you know, Liberation Travel uh, Project, uh, guys like uh, Pavel Luptag and, and Uri. So uh, I, I don't know personally someone from, from I don't, such an uh, immigrant to Slovakia. I'm not quite sure if someone immigrate to Slovakia this way, this this for these reasons. Yeah, if I can add something also, uh, when we were talking politics, yeah, we were ruled by socialist government for past 12 years. And, you know, those are the people who like to give from, you know, pockets of the middle class, and they completely ruined the country. And a lot of people left the country. Uh, it's probably, as guesstimate is like 200,000 or 300,000 people work somewhere else you know away from home also in my family i have a brother-in-law he's working like for 15 years he traveled almost all europe supporting a family of four kids so yeah and a lot of people go to studies when they finish the so-called middle school they go to study to prague or to brno in czech republic and once you study you get your social contacts there very few people come back actually i'm the I'm the one who came back, but it's very, very rare. So, yeah. And probably if I can add something quite important, as for the economy of the country, we are very famous for production of cars, but we don't have any Slovak brand. There used to be a big brand, Czechoslovakian, but it's Czech now, yeah? Škoda Auto, you know? But otherwise we have four, four uh, companies here, Volkswagen, Land Rover, Kia, Peugeot, and now Košice signed a deal for Volvo factory. So we are very much oriented for production of cars. And lots of lots of people are either directly or indirectly in the automotive industry. So yeah, to, give, goes, yeah. to give the scope of that, uh, I read that about 40% of the whole industry and the country is an industry nation, a lot of industry, 40% is in cars, right? Could be could be very possible because you have to count also those indirect, you know, like the subcontractors and all this. And when the Volvo company is ready, finally we got a deal in Košice, like Eastern Slovakia, because everything was located in Western part. We will be producing something like 1.4 million cars per year, which makes like, you know, it's like the highest per capita in the world. So it's a new European Detroit, if all goes good. If all goes bad, if we start, you know, I don't know. So at the moment, it's very car-oriented country. So this is just I wanted to add. Okay. So let's um, segue to Dusan, who is, to my understanding, a expat uh, Slovak. Uh, Dusan, could you introduce yourself uh, briefly? Uh, uh, your Bitcoin journey. Uh, Maybe also your reflections on what the guys have been talking about uh, Slovakia. 
Hello guys, hello guys. I'm uh, saying hello right now from Honduras, from a beautiful island of Roatan. And I'm not expat yet, but maybe, maybe sooner or later. Uh, so my journey, my journey began in 2017 when I really got deep into Bitcoin. And a few months on that, I, I did my first lecture. And basically my whole focus since that time was Bitcoin education. So I was doing a lot of workshops, webinars. Um, I was doing a lot of education for kids and teachers. Also started a podcast in Slovak about Bitcoin. And last year uh, I started mining as well with my colleague. So right now, like after a year, we are moving our machines to Paraguay, where I did a, a permanent residency. And right now, we are developing a Bitcoin education center here uh, on the island of Roatan in Honduras. And what the guy said was, it's pretty true. It's, it's really like that. Uh, the government is not friendly towards Bitcoin, not friendly towards privacy and anonymity. So when you really want to live the way how we want, basically trying to change the things from within, it's almost impossible. So for me, also when the war came, we are in the process of kind of searching for plan B or maybe plan C. So one of that was, was Paraguay. But this year in March, I really randomly visited Honduras and the island of Roatan, where I figured out there is something called Prospera, which I figured out that they are super open to Bitcoin. It's like a free private city inside of Honduras. Um, it's like a lot of investments. They, they raised like $60 million for real estate investment. And one of the main investors is uh, Peter Thiel from PayPal. So they have a lot of people Bitcoin related coming here and being interested. So I told them that one day we, want, we would like to do a Bitcoin education center somewhere. And the CEO of Prospera told me like, wow, I love the idea. And he took me to a building on the top of the island and said, like, from June, uh, you, this building going to be free to use. And if you want, you can start to build a center here. And it was like a super great deal, but it would mean it would change a lot for me and my girlfriend and family. So we need to think about it a lot. But in the end, we decided we're going to do this step. And we decided that we're going to start to build a center. So right now I'm here for a month. Yesterday it was it was a month, and I'm staying till the end of August uh, initially, and then maybe coming back in October or December. I will see. And we already started to organize Bitcoin meetups every two weeks. We start to onboard people here into Bitcoin. Uh, last week we onboarded a a lady who is for multiple years she's creating and producing uh, a repellent against mosquitoes and fleas. And we bought it with Bitcoin. If you want some of that, you can redeem for USD, for dollars. So she's like, okay, I will keep 50% in Bitcoin and 50% give me dollars for that. So, uh, so this is how we, how we onboard people here from local businesses, small people, up to right now we are speaking with a brewery here that would accept Bitcoin. And we have some connections here already to large supermarkets and... Uh, and gas stations. So this will be it will be an amazing journey. I'm really really looking forward
very interesting uh, perspective. You left uh, Slovakia uh, for a different life, mm-hmm. and right now it sounds like you're in a pool. Yeah, I'm. A, I'm in a pool. <laughs> like I'm just walking on the beach, and uh, just uh, it's kind of hot here, so nice. Trying to trying to kind of uh, just walk around in a in a sea. Nice. I think he's so, trying. He's, I think he's trying to get more uh, more people from Slovakia to. Yeah, yeah, that's the, the marketing. This is the marketing. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's the marketing. Maybe, maybe I, I would just uh, say about Dusan that uh, I think from from our, us guys here, maybe he's the most known uh, Bitcoiner because he's really a public figure in this way. He he has his uh, podcast uh, in Slovak language, the only Bitcoin podcast as far as I know uh, in Slovak language, uh, which is perfect and. Uh, he has uh, made a lot of inter- uh, interviews in TV and uh, some uh, some articles, but now he ha- he's like split it <laughs> between Honduras and Slovakia and Paraguay, I would say. Yeah, it's like uh, I, I feel kind of that I'm living like two separate lives, <laughs> one one uh, connection to Slovakia and one here. So I need to figure out uh, about that. But what we did, for example, one thing that comes to my mind about Slovakia that we did uh, with. Uh, uh, Satoshi's witness with uh, <coughs> with Martin here is that uh, we translated a book, a Bitcoin money book together um, to Slovak language and we crowdfunded more than 10,000 euros for that and already um, sent more than 3,000 books to schools and uh, teaching teachers how to use the book with curriculum, how to how to work with the book on their classes and and everything is like opt in. So basically, they are uh, kind of contacting us and asking for um, <clears throat> for presentations, for workshops. So it's not like we are pushing it to them. It's like the kids are curious, the teachers are curious, and it kind of fills me with hope that the next generation will be really Bitcoin native. Super curious to hear more about that. Uh, before we go into what's going on today in Slovakia. We'll be curious to hear a little bit about the origins in Bitcoin in Slovakia. When, when, when was the first, is there any OG Bitcoiners that's been around since like 2010 or 2011? They're battle scarred. They don't want to talk to anyone, anyone anymore. Um, uh, are there any companies that were around in the early days? Um, are they still operating? Uh, and, yeah, also maybe more recent history, of course, uh, in Slovakia. How, how, how has it looked like for the past 10 years? Uh, maybe I can start just, I have so many friends from the IT sector who mined Bitcoin in 2010, but they all lost the keys. They never believed in it and they are not true Bitcoiners. But I think from my point of view, that is the <laughs> true begin- beginning of Bitcoin in Slovakia. People just fooling around and not try, trying to understand it. You are not yeah, becoming that's true. A, sorry, you are not becoming a bitcoiner sooner than you lose some bitcoin or lose some money. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, so one of the OGs that uh, is well known still and still works in the bitcoin space is Pavel Luptak. Is the, the founder of Netemba and the cybersecurity company. Basically, they, they had they, they operate in a like a free uh, free how to say that framework. So people are deciding what they want to work on. People are actually deciding on their salary. 
So he's really a true libertarian and, and free thinker. And he was, he's in Bitcoin since 2010. Um, he was also, I think he was mining right now. He is helping Czechs and Slovaks find a better, uh, a better place to live or like somebody who treats them fairly in terms of government. So he's, he's doing this liberation travel and helping people go to Paraguay or Panama. But he's like a, a true OG together with uh, Juraj Bednar, also founder of, uh, of Citadelo or Digmia companies related to cybersecurity as well. And they actually, they are, uh, thanks to them, the Parallel Police or Parallel Police in Prague was founded, which is basically the first crypto-only cafeteria in the world. And their, their uh, IT minds together with, uh, with artists from Czech Republic kind of created or revived this idea of Parallel Police, Parallel Societies. So this is kind of like a really um, global project or well-known project around the world. And they are the ones who, who are behind it. So I would say like these two names are one of the most famous from that era. When, when was this? About what time? One more time? About what time was this? Well, uh, you mean police or, or which exactly? So the yeah, parallel both, police both projects when the the parallel police also the yeah, the, uh, the parallel, travel parallel police in Prague was founded in 2014 and the liberation travel he founded it last year basically he's he's living in a way that he's uh, we call it like a perpetual traveler so he's like every all, all the year he's never never in a country more than 6 months of a year He's traveling all the time, so he's kind of trying to find all the hacks on the global country level, how you can save money, how you can have a higher degree of personal freedom, and to live uh, aligned with your values. So you can check out Liberation Travel. I don't have any affiliates, so it's just uh, really <laughs> recommending a, a good service that I used for, uh, for doing uh, Paraguayan residency and and yeah and thanks to that we can mine there as well and and do different bitcoin related stuff so yeah police check it out parallelnipolis.cz it's check website and i already saw people in new zealand or different countries wearing the parallel police t-shirts and the story behind parallel police is really 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 interesting and related to communist era in 70s and 80s so i don't know if I can talk maybe about that if it's interesting for you guys or maybe later. No, no, no. Sure, sure. Yeah, so really briefly, so why the name? Why the name Parallel Police? Uh, in 77 or in 70s and 80s, there was a big uh, communist influence, like we were under the communist regime in, in Czechoslovakia. And there were these people, um, there were um, writers, uh, journalists or, or philosophers who are thinking about, okay, what we can do to live in a more free way. And one of them was Václav Benda. He was a signature of uh, Carta 77, like a famous document from, our, from that era, from our region. And what he was saying, like there are basically three ways how you can change things around you. The first one is you are going out to the streets and you, you're protesting. You're trying to 
kind of shout, shout on the politicians to change the things, which basically doesn't work. The second one is you go into the system and you're trying to change the things from within. So you set up a um, political party and trying to win votes and maybe, maybe change something, but also doesn't happen very often. And the third way that he's described is that you are you build a parallel solution to your problem. So what they, what they were doing at that era in the 70s and 80s, uh, he called this, this, this concept parallel polis. Polis is from the Greek word of village, city, or, or town. And what they were doing, they were educating, for example, one, one way of that was uh, doing parallel education. So when the kids came from school, when they were receiving all the propaganda of the Communist Party, they were teaching them the more real stuff without the propaganda. Another way was parallel economy. So basically they were trading with each other, mostly in cash, within the society and, and kind of not reporting on each other, not using bills and, and anything. So kind of having this closed economy. The parallel art or parallel journalism. So they were writing and publishing journals that were against the communist party that were like t- telling the truth how it's in real and they were kind of distributing among each other like without the the temple or without agreement from the central party and this is like the idea that lived for a while and then when the communist uh like went out it kind of went away the idea but the guys Pavel Luptag and, and Yuri Bednar, together with the artists from Czech Republic, they revived this concept of parallel police and they set up a building where you have this place where you can learn about how technology or how thanks to technologies you can bring up the level of your personal freedom. So one of the main concepts was, of course, cryptocurrencies. So at the time were mostly using Litecoin because the Bitcoin fees were super crazy high in 2017-18 and the Lightning Network didn't work. So at the time, I remember myself, I was a Litecoin maximalist. Really funny, funny times. And they were teaching people how to use 3D printing. In, it's like this material privacy, material liberty, you know. Or uh, they were supporting artists that didn't take grants for their art. So they were kind of really this free free market artist, which this is how it should be. So really check it out. Whenever you're in a Prague, you definitely need to visit Parallel Police, beautiful black building and amazing people inside. You can learn a lot about the history of, of the time. And yeah, they are kind of OGs. They started it in 2014. And yeah, super interesting project. Every year in October, the first weekend of October, they are doing organizing Hackers Congress one of the best conferences I've been to with amazing people, amazing speakers, amazing community of Bitcoiners are there. Check it out. Very interesting. I think uh, maybe you can, guys can uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, when we are talking about the original gangsters, uh, <laughs> OGs from Bitcoin, I would, I think uh, one of the founders uh, of Trezor, uh, Stick, uh, Paul Rusnak, is, I think his name is, is uh, from Slovakia, if I'm not wrong. That's true. You're right. Even Alena from Satoshi Labs is Slovak as far as I know. 
Yes, or at least uh, Slovak and Czech or something like that. <laughs> yes, she's half Czech, half Slovak, that's right. So classical Czechoslovakian girl. Exactly. <laughs> and was there any um, exchanges, any um, uh, anything, anything like that that still exists today? Or has it uh, mainly been uh, other countries uh, that have provided infrastructure for onboarding or has it been peer-to-peer how how have people bought bitcoin in slovakia so we are mostly focusing or relying on atms up to lately when they put kyc on all the transactions um in slovakia we didn't have any exchange and only in czech republic for a long time there is a simple coin and i think they're operating since 2014 or 15 so they are kind of long time in the game, but in Slovakia, you know, like we mostly really rely on, on Czech infrastructure because we kind of feel that we are mostly one nation. So we are, we are really proud of the Czech guys, you know, that started everything and we take it as basically uh, one country still in terms of mindset and, and community. We're having, for example, on, on, uh, on, the, on Facebook, we have a Czechoslovak Bitcoin community. There is like 25,000 people in that. And a lot of discussions. The admins are really strict about what content is put there. There is a lot of sometimes toxicity. <laughs> but uh, when newbies come, with a lot of people helping them out. So we also have a Slovak Bitcoin community on, on Facebook. But it, it's not living anymore very well because everything focuses on this Czechoslovak community. So this is how it looks like in, in our region. Many times we focus on Czechoslovak uh, conferences, Czechoslovak stuff. And ATMs, have, have all of you guys mainly bought Bitcoin via these ATMs? Oh, I think uh, I, I will, will talk for myself, but when I started, I, I was using classical KYC exchanges like Kraken and Coinbase. And only recently, let's say, uh, uh, let's say last uh, maybe year or so, I switched to, or I tried to switch to non-KLC, but uh, but yes, there is still possibility to buy in ATMs uh, up to, let's say, 950 euros without KYC. But uh, let's say the days are counted and it will be um, sooner or later impossible at all. So the ATMs will lose any meaningfulness uh, here because uh, why would you pay 5-6% uh, on top if you anyhow have to do KYC. So, so far you can do it, but uh, due to the European regulation, it's it will be soon over. Um, not in my one anymore. Like it's KYC already. So uh, I'm not sure if, if it's not... How Slovak think this this one? Well, I tried it, uh, let's say, three days ago here in Košice, and it was still possible to buy until 950. <laughs> Maybe they forgot. Okay, we need to we need to run to Košice if it's still possible. <laughs> because from what I heard from around Slovakia, it's it's mostly already full KYC from zero euros. So yeah, yeah you know, use the Košice. <laughs> Eastern actually, is always a little bit specific, you know? <laughs> yeah, actually I was uh, in um, Bratislava uh, yesterday 
and they have uh, also a uh, ATM in Alza and I think uh, it was still able to buy uh, non KYC uh, under 950. So cool. I think it's still possible, yeah, at least there. Uh, but there are uh, many ATMs. I, I saw at least uh, two ATMs in the shopping mall. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the truth is like the, the financial task force, basically they, they last November, they put all the, uh, all the operators of ATM together on a, like a necessary workshop where you <laughs> needed to come. And they told them like uh, this is how they're gonna treat crypto from now on, and all crypto transactions are risky and dangerous, so they need to do KYC. And all the all the operators basically they are they were waiting till the very last moment until somebody gets a fine or somebody gets um, like a visit from the financial office, Ministry of Finance, and they already like a few weeks ago they they got this visit. So they slowly started to do this transition. And one of them, one of the bigger ones, is closing down the business in Slovakia and moving the machines to Panama and Paraguay. So this is, this is the true effect of uh, regulation. Business going out somewhere else. Does this mean... So we're, we're past the history part anyway. So let's talk... Let's continue about... Um, Slovakia today. Jay Bonnell, you're doing um, a pulse uh, node. Does this mean that you guys are also affected and you also have to do the KYC and offer KYC for any merchant that wants to uh, wants to receive in Bitcoin or how does it work for you guys? Um, I'm just participating. I'm not and um, it's a lightning one so it's it doesn't need to be affected by this uh, stuff, I think. So it's just it's just a terminal. It's a web one, web-based one uh, for merchants for retail, and yeah, it's um, no no KYC. You just you just pay your coffee or beer on or I don't know whatever barbers um, uh, several uh, barber shop shops um that receive uh, lightning payments and yeah there's no no kyc as far as i know and i hope it will stay this way and how is the adoption going of these um point of sales uh, is are there a lot of merchants that are adopting it um or is there in a special area in slovakia that uh, merchants are adopting it um number goes up uh, for sure uh i think and uh, yeah it's uh, it's uh, i'm from the location where where it started so especially in our our town or little town uh, things are going quite well we're onboarding and uh, some some new bars and pubs but uh um well I, I would say it lacks some demand from the from the people just we need to get some more people demanding 
Bitcoin payments, Lightning payments, and uh, and it, it would look better this way, but uh, still, number goes up. I would say, you know, uh, Slovakia is part of Eurozone. So our, our money from 2009 is Euros. Uh, generally, I would say the adoption of Bitcoin is not uh, well, widespread. It. I mean, people have heard about it. Usually, usually most of the people, they at least heard about it. But uh, that means if you, if you have, hear some news in the classic media, it's just when the price went up or, or especially when the price crashes and that it's a bubble and so on. Uh, so many people did hear about Bitcoin. Very few people are using it. And uh, I would say that as we are, let's say Slovakia is in this, is considered to be in the developed uh, countries and we have the euro. In countries like uh, US, euro, where we use this money, the need for for better money is not that big. Like in, uh, let's say, uh, Africa or um, Latin America, where you guys you know, uh, see inflation like 30, 40, 50% for many years already or have seen uh, several times uh, the collapse of the countries. So even here, people people are struggling. A lot of people are struggling, that, but more struggling like earn enough euros, not that they go every day to the shop and, uh, and, um, and uh, the money is worth less. But now, let's say for the last few, last few months and then the next few months, this will be more and more painful because when you are over 10% inflation, uh, as I said, 13.6 was the last official number, you can already feel it because uh, for sure everything is getting much more expensive and uh, the difference is very big. So I think more and more people will start uh, asking uh, how to save, what what should I do with my money, what should I, if I have some uh, extra to, uh, to save, or how to, how to save the value of it. But uh, I think this 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 takes time uh, until until the adoption uh, comes. So that that's my my view. Um, as far as I can uh, tell, uh, <laughs> to me it looks like there's not so much extra money with the people right now. Like uh, you know, inflation is eating lots of their resources, and <laughs> it's not not so much to save or speculate with. Uh, from my point of view, as, uh, at least. You, you're right, but when you look at some statistics, like financial statistics, uh, Slovak, Slovaks are very, very conservative, uh, even uh, from the st- uh, classical, uh, traditional finance uh, way. Uh, I think we have among the biggest uh, number, uh, like percentage of the savings in bank, bank uh, deposits. Uh, so people are not used to investing much in our country, which comes also with the history of the communism, which was here until 1990s. Uh, so this, this is quite people are quite conservative. So even this is a factor which I think is uh, not helping to spread the, the adoption very quickly. How is the book, uh, Dusan, that you shared about, how is that book being received? Uh, is you said that there was three thousand books that had been sold already and distributed? Yeah, about about the sold books. <clears throat> I don't have the data right now, but it's maybe about like thousands, thousands and something. Um, but the three thousand we distributed uh, thanks to crowdfunding that we did. So it was a it was a public crowdfunding uh, where people can uh, can send us money and like based on how much we get. Uh, 
based on that we are we are sending the books to to schools and investing it to a website or like curriculum and all these kind of things and translating it to or putting it into audio version so the book was received very well um and i was really like surprised by the reaction of teachers and kids that they were kind of the ones that were asking for that and and wanting to to get it uh to their schools for presentations and and so on uh right now since i focus mostly on paraguay mining and and uh ruatan i don't have time to kind of push it forward more uh so any of you guys would be interested in helping out with the spreading of the book uh, i'm super happy to cooperate on that and yeah so right now it's more in the like the uh kind of it's living its own 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 way own life and the teachers they're they're still using it and they sometimes send me a picture of uh the presentation that they, they had with kids yeah Dushki, i had 200 books from you and i distributed them to 200 people and i'm run out of books so i may get some from you because as okay. i mentioned to you uh you know i'm working with the atm company like i have some project with them hopefully it will be running on in the autumn that i will be in the shopping mall and i will have a small stand and i would like to you know be like a physical representation of bitcoin there so people passing by they are quite curious but also only think think that bitcoin is digital so there will be a real person with real passion so they can ask me any question and i'll be distributing them some vouchers also from bitcoin mat and it would be cool if we could have some books, you know, for for sale at least, you know. But imagine that, that all this state and all this, you cannot even sell sell the item for 10 euros or 12 euros. First, you have to have this, how do you say, the register, the you know, the machine. It's absolutely crazy where this uh, regulation is going. So wait, wait, I have wait. to find... The, you you cannot sell the book cash you have to have a machine for it no you can sell it for cash but you have to give the receipt to the customer but the receipt cannot be handwritten but there has to be some exception i have to look it up but you have to have a re- electronic registry and you have to you know type it in and give the receipt to the customer which is absolutely insane that's yeah, the it's, law it's, it's... It's cash cash register. So uh, all, yeah, the, cash all register. the merchants, all the merchants, everybody has to be has to have uh, these cash registers. And even now, for I think it's second year now, it's all online connected to uh, to uh, financial authority. So all the receipts which you are getting in the in the shops are being recorded. You know, this is this is their way to trying to fight to uh, they are trying to fight against the you know like loss of the and value the tax uh, so that when the shops do not give you uh, the receipts wow so are you going to be full time on this standing in the shopping malls well I'll, it's a pilot it's a pilot project I'll see how it works because it could be uh, I, I mean these two years for me was mostly online and you know home office so I'm quite missing the human interaction like a direct one so i'm just giving it a try for the couple of months uh well full time let's see how it works because 
we don't even know if people will be interested. You know, you just have no idea until you try. So we'll try for two weeks or one month and let's see from where it goes there. You know, I can indirectly offer consultation and sell the books and, you know, reply to questions from people, probably help them to set up some lightning wallet, you know, so it's just an idea, but I'm working on it. So we will see. Dusan said that he's he's leaving or he's at least planning to leave and you came back you said uh why did you come back and did you come back to orange pill the people no i actually came back it means that i studied abroad i studied in prague i worked there for corporations and i came back eight years ago so i didn't know about bitcoin that time so i was just working in the financial industry like a consultant and advisor and now this is actually the first year I am trying to run Bitcoin consultancy and you know advisory full time. So it's still it's also in the pilot project because uh, there is a saying in uh, war motivation. It's called burn the burn the ships. You know, not burn the bridges, but burn the ships, which makes you, which gives you extra motivation. And I was also working with Yoshi, so. This year, I'm not doing any mortgages, mortgages, and I'm not doing any insurances. I'm trying to find clients, set up clients for Bitcoin only, and living on Bitcoin. So okay, so you're pivoting your existing financial company, financial advisory company, to be a Bitcoin advisory company. Have you had to get? Uh, have you had to decline clients, or how are you moving those relationships? No, actually, it is working on the peer-to-peer basis. It's working in the ethos of, you know, uh, crypto anarchy or anarcho-capitalism. So I'm not declaring anything. I'm just spreading the word as, you know, peer-to-peer basis. Yeah, Martin. Martin started it uh, <laughs> really, really. A, he made a really deep dive. He really like uh stopped doing the financial advisory and really is only focusing on on, on the bitcoin and uh, and uh, learning and of course teaching and uh, not like me because i still i still do my daily job let's say as a financial advisor so i mean it means mortgages insurance insurance and all the stuff but at the same time i always try to tell all my, my clients about bitcoin and even in my newsletter, which I'm sending out uh, once per quarter, I always mention a little bit of Bitcoin. So you know, just like just like uh, um, Hayek once said in one interview that we need to get this Bitcoin, uh, let's say, to the people. But he was he was talking about uh, getting money away from the governments, and I, I think we can use the same way, you know, to to spread the knowledge and to and to plant some seeds. By some sly roundabout way, <laughs> so yes, you should you should take care of your classical finances, but you should also take care and try to study something about Bitcoin because uh, I think for most people, uh, it was for me and uh, almost everybody who is uh, ever interviewed or speaks about his Bitcoin experience, it is that you have to you have to hear, hear the word uh, hear about Bitcoin many times at least four, five, six, seven times before you really start to take uh, like uh, caution that okay what is this bitcoin thing everybody's talking 
And of course, most of the people start to be, let's say, interested because of the number, because of the possibility to, let's say, uh, earn some quick uh, gains. I think it's the way for most of the people. But the more you hear about it, the more you read about it, you, you really stop paying, paying attention about the actual price, but about, about the possibilities which it, which it gives you. Yeah, just to add to my uh, job or project. Actually, it was mostly friends and existing clients and friends of friends. But probably I, if I I'm just also thinking of how to do it to completely random people, it could be it have to fine tune somehow this program. So I won't, I don't think I'll be able to do this. Uh, I can scale it too much. So yeah, I'm still in a phase of trial and error so i'm still working out all this stuff but yeah so far it was worked like this and uh, i'm trying to teach people not to do the same mistake and uh, as i did it means buying bitcoin on kyc exchanges so until it is somehow possible we would like to i would like them to buy through atms and there is a community of so-called ethical vexlux it means a person in the community who you can contact and buy a Bitcoin, buy Bitcoin and sell Bitcoin from them for cash. So this is a project when the regulation hits hard. How how is that going? I know that um, Aruba, Bitcoin Aruba, that was listening in, has been working uh, incessantly to make sure that there's a Telegram chat where people can trade peer-to-peer in case they get the same situation you have in Slovakia. Yeah, I think there is, it's a, it's a pro, it's a, like a small private groups on uh, some uh, end-to-end encrypted messenger. So, yeah, it's still a new thing I'm discovering, but yeah, I have some contact and we are trying to do this but it's okay also if they buy from KYC exchange, like having a known KYC and KYC stack, it is good that I'm teaching them how to do the coin control and so-called coin management, UTXO management, so they know how to label the coins and use them, don't mix them together in the same transaction. So I recently discovered Sparrow Wallet. If, I don't know if you are familiar with it, but I am very, very happy with it and i love the user experience so yeah i'm I'm not saying non-kyc like if there is no other way it's like it's not very possible to buy non-kyc for higher amount of money so it's if this is the only way okay but don't mix it with non-kyc so basically what in slovakia is happening for example yuri bednar uh, created a great course on uh, ethical hustling, let's call it this way. And uh, he are, he's teaching people how to be the counterparty of any trade anytime. So even if Bitcoin goes up, you still can be the buyer. Even if the price drops, you still can sell somebody's Bitcoin. And it's thanks to futures contracts, perpetual swaps on, or, or various other derivatives that you can, you can kind of be uh, like an in-person exchange peer-to-peer exchange without KYC for them. So uh, many people already took the course. They are already doing this service. 
but of course it's it's never marketed on Facebook or somewhere else. It's just uh, by word of mouth and and uh, like a web of trust. And what Mario Havel uh, did, he created a really nice GitHub article about how to set up your own peer-to-peer signal trading group. And this is kind of what I see as a future of, of peer-to-peer trade, not trying to centralize and create one group. I wouldn't actually do it on Telegram from security reasons. Um, so there is this GitHub article uh, how to set it up, how to set up the rules of the group. And people wouldn't believe, but even if you have in a group like 10, 15, 20 people, uh, most of the times the, the trades will find the counterparty. Even if there's somebody who's really doing this ethical hustling with, with the derivatives or not, people can still find the counterparty uh, if they put a small fee, maybe 2, 3, 4% based on the market conditions. So, and this is much, much better than creating one large group that can be censored, then some, some random people can, can get in. And this is how we can really do the peer-to-peer in various other regions, uh, far away from, from the capitals. And, and yeah, so this is what ha- what's happening in Slovakia for the last couple of months. And it's, it's going good and people are figuring out more that the KYC is not... Not the way, and we should we should treat Bitcoin as it was created in a peer-to-peer way. Maybe I would just like to share my most recent conversation with one uh, owner of the coffee coffee shop. <clears throat> uh, let's say we have a, a one very uh, favorite coffee shop in our town, uh, which makes like a great coffee, great cakes, you know. So we like to go there, and I asked the owner whether he would like to accept the payments in Bitcoin and in Lightning. <clears throat> so he actually he, he was kind of cute because he said he said uh, sure it sounds very interesting it's like everywhere now. <laughs> so that was that was kind of funny when he said it's everywhere. I would really like that, but it's not that true yet. So, and he he said like I'm the third guy asking uh, for the Bitcoin payment uh, only this year. So I was really surprised about that. So uh, I know there are other other Bitcoiners <laughs> running around in the secret, you know. So it feels it feels great. So and I hope and I hope that. Uh, It'll be possible to pay at this coffee shop uh, anytime soon because I think he's very interested. So it might be possible. He also has a, a competition in the town, so he might need to offer it soon. So let's see. Yeah, I have recently was I was thinking like past days about the new technique of orange peeling or onboarding people and we normally go to restaurants when I go to restaurant or for coffee or something like that I always pay tips uh, uh, it's quite common in Slovakia that people leave tips but very small ones it's not like a must like in US I was working in USA twice so I got really used to it and since then I'm using this tipping so I was thinking like having a coffee and paying I don't know, 
five euros for a bill. So normally I, I, I would pay six. So you I would get give additional one euro. And as it is not compul, it's not compulsory to do it. It's just you know me doing it. People sometimes do it. I can ask the waiter to, okay, I pay the bill, but the tip I will pay you in lightning. So I was thinking how to do it, and probably if they download the Phoenix wallet, you know, the lightning wallet, and there is a fee of 1% for the, you know, this creation of the channel, but the minimum, I think it's 3000 Satoshi. So imagine if I pay her, let's say 300,000 Satoshi, which is minimum 1% is 3000. And I ask her to pay me back. So at the same time, she tries the transaction, like she pays me back 280,000 or something, 290,000. At least she has a channel, an inbound liquidity. She will have a channel created. And every time I go there, because I go probably once a week and I keep on seeing the same waitresses, I can still pay back, you know, the tip to her Phoenix wallet that is already open, that has already opened a channel. So this is just something I'm going to try. I'm not saying I'm doing it. It's just a new way of doing it. That's super interesting. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that because I'm usually a regular at places. And then you can just orange pill the waiter week after week. Super interesting. Me too. Are getting, yeah. Are you getting the point that there is a minimum fee of 1%? But minimum fee is three thousand. So why not paying overpaying the first payment, and then asking her to send back? So it, in the same time, it means like she's trying the sending of the payment, and when you leave, she has an inbound capacity. So, oh sorry, next time you can tell her or him to write down the twelve words and so on. So step by step process. Probably we can try with different wallet, but I'm quite happy with Phoenix for this small payment. Mostly here, I'm starting with the uh, wallet of Satoshi as like the first step, explaining like uh, just the basics so that people get a feel of how fast it goes and everything. And then in the next stage, like we are setting up either Breeze or wallet of Satoshi or, or uh, Phoenix, as you said. That, that's a pretty good one. But like explaining my, my experience, like to the newbies, when you don't have enough time and they are kind of really new and you kind of want to give them the experience explaining all the things about uh, liquidity and local balance and everything it's like an overkill so first when they see how fast it goes and it's super simple then they are more keen on learning more and getting more into deeper into the rabbit hole what I, what I realized also uh, in, the, in the onboarding is sometimes people uh, and I used to be the one communicate in a way that okay I can pay you but I'm going to pay you in bitcoin and it seems like you, you want to get rid of that as soon as possible. So the people kind of have the feeling like, okay, what is this Bitcoin? Because this guy, if it would be so good, he wouldn't just give it to me. So how I refrain it uh, for a couple of past months is like, uh, I'm really like, you're doing a great service. So I'm willing to kind of give you my Bitcoin for that. So so the people have kind of this feeling like, okay, he's, do, he's giving me something that's valuable for him. And this has much different effect on how they receive Bitcoin from the first moment. Not like something that you're pushing to them, but something like you're willing to give them 
because the service was really good. Yeah, as I mentioned, that as I said, yeah, but it's all, I keep on trying, error, trial and error. It's every time in my life I was trying. So if it doesn't work, I have to find out, you know, sometimes you drive. Today I was driving from Prague. So this came to my mind like a good uh, onboarding strategy. So, yeah, I will let you know how it works. Well, maybe you can use as a starter really a, a wallet which you don't, uh, which is not custodial, uh, which is sorry, custodial, like uh, wallet of Satoshi, like Dushan mentioned, or the blue wallet. I think it's also custodial, if I'm not wrong. And he just downloads it, or she she just downloads it, and you can set the sats, even one thousand, two thousand, three thousand sats. Maybe just to yeah, but so uh, sorry, I, I have a question about the. Um, Lightning nodes. We're talking about lightning, paying lightning. Somebody, I don't remember, it was you, Bitcoin Yoxi, or it was uh, Jay Bonnell uh, that was running a Bitcoin node in, uh, in um, Slovakia. Are you also running a lightning node? Yeah, well, I am. He was running, he said he's running the node. Uh, I'm also running, but now it's disconnected because <laughs> we, we uh, I had to take I had to give it to one guy to to test it. But I think there are more people running Node even in Slovakia. Yeah. yeah, I think they were asking about the about the Lightning Node. So I'm a, a Node runner, like a regular Node. And as for the Lightning, I have two channels open, but it was a it is a project for the Q3 and Q4 for this year. And I asked one good friend and good Bitcoiner from Slovakia to help me with it. And probably Hodl Slovakian could also help. He offered. But as for the regular node, I'm running it. And we were onboarding one more Bitcoin node runner. So Yoshi was kind enough to give us his node because we are waiting. The There is a chip crisis and it's impossible to get hand on <laughs> Raspberry Pis. So uh, I'm not very experienced in lightning note yet but it's coming it's coming definitely this year and i would ha i would be happy to open channels with you guys i think uh, slovak uh, hodl for slovakia you said you're running a note yes i am uh, a regular node and also a lightning note we have brinky who's from from uh, the netherlands making a peace sign as one part of the node runners community in the Netherlands, I'm sure I'm sure Brinky would be happy to 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 uh, give some input or assistance if you guys are building a a Slovak node runner community. So what else? What else, guys? What's uh, what's up? What what's the conversation? Do you guys do you guys talk to each other often, or is this uh, one of the first times that you are meeting up? Uh, all of, all of the maybe this is not of course all of the Slovak community, but uh, some of the guys here on Twitter. Yeah, we mostly know each other, but I met some people today for the first time, like uh, talking and not in person yet. And probably I can add one more thing, but it's from something different actually, not about node running. And again, as I was speaking about trial and error, what I did because I wanted to understand Bitcoin better two years ago. I created a presentation and I didn't even understand Bitcoin very well. well. I understood, but not that 
how I do it now. And I went to schools, to middle school. You know, people were like, students were about 14, 15, 16 years old. But then the corona crisis started and the schools were closed many, many times. And they were not very happy that uh, somebody stranger is coming, you know, due to the all this, uh, you know, because of the virus. So hopefully it's all over. I'm optimist. So I'll restart this project again this year. And I was doing it like one one hour presentation in the class. We have it in Slovak language. It's like a class of like a general knowledge about money, state, you know, economy. It's called Občanska nauka. Uh, probably help me if you can translate it better. So I'm thinking of restarting this project again because it will be much easier to get to schools. Občanska nauka. Nauka means uh, teaching. Občanska means what? Like citizen. Občan means citizen. Like citizen, citizen education. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. I speak Polish, that's why. Yeah, yeah. Cool. You're right. So probably Yoshi can help me. We can go together. So so you want to be two strangers, not one. Yeah. I'll give you some books for <laughs> yeah. that. No. Oh, but it's, it, it, it's easy. It's a very good feeling, you know. People are listening and it's really cool. They have good questions. So when I went for the first time, it was I was quite nervous. But then I did it a couple of times and I was quite enjoying it. And I was getting ready to do it in more schools. But then they stopped it because, you know, the corona. Yeah, the younger generation is our only hope. You know, it's much easier to orange book for sure. They are used to they are used to uh, be online. They are used to understand. Uh, like you know, for the older people, uh, most of the people still still think about money that it has to be something uh, tangible, something that they can uh, <laughs> have in their hand. They do not understand that something virtual can have a real value. For the younger younger generation, I think it's it's much more easy to understand. And when you show them Trezor or some other hardware wallet, and you know, it gives it some feeling of you know physical feeling. So it's quite tangible. So everybody um, listening, um, feel free to hop up if you have a question to these speakers and. Uh, Please make sure that it's a question. Um, of course, you can say who you are and so on, but uh, we're focusing on the guys and what they have to say. Uh, and we're Bitcoin Maxi, so uh, we're, uh, we're all about Bitcoin. If you want to show something else, uh, please do it somewhere else. Uh, we have uh, Darwin coming up, and we also have Anyone O'Reilly. And Anyone O'Reilly, uh, do you have a question for the... Uh, uh, for the group, I actually wanted to offer help when they were talking about running a node. I'm running Lightning Node since 2018 in Slovakia generally, and I can speak oh, the local language. <laughs> you are Slovak, you're in Slovakia. Welcome up, and uh, yeah, participate. See, there is an another OG here. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Hey, can you say something about yourself, anyone, or really? Um, I run C Lightning only and on Linux only. And uh, 
maybe some someone can remember the Slovak Linux users group. And so my name appears there, but I will not tell you more. Welcome. And okay. yeah, so anyone Slovak that wants help with running a Lightning node, ping anyone or really, and uh, seems like a hardcore dude because if you're into Linux, you're pretty much into computers. Uh, we have Darwin. Darwin is uh, one of the OGs from Global Bitcoin Fest, was uh, uh, my co-host during the 24-hour space. And uh, actually, this Global Bitcoin Fest handle is uh, registered with his phone number. Hey, Darwin from El Salvador. What's up? Hey, guys. Uh, hello, everyone. So it's great to be here. So, yeah, I wanted, you know, I had a question more uh related with uh you know how much accessibility uh slovakians have so far uh to to bitcoin for example in terms of wallets which wallets you guys are using and if those wallets are uh working with the unit of account or your currency or you have to work with with others uh, currencies and and also if there are locally some places to spend Bitcoin or to do cash in and cash out for like local exchange and Bitrefill, so that kind of thing. So that is my my question and yeah and thank you Lucas for the kind of introduction. And yeah, and cheers from here, uh, from El Salvador. And hopefully, uh, yeah, if you guys, if, you, if any of you guys want to come here, so let me know. Uh, Thank you, Darwin, for the question. Or, Javon, L, you want to reply? Um, I just wanted to say, uh, to answer actually, um, in our little town, like there is, <laughs> Some, there are some places where you can pay. I mean, you, you can buy great coffee. Uh, you can pay taxi, cab, or, or just beer and, you know, pizza, for example, which, which works great, I think. And, yeah, as I said, uh, it's um, barbershops um, uh, network in Slovakia. Uh, they accept. So it's not that bad, but still could be better. So we're, you know, so you can pay, but you have to see the map where, where it's possible. In fact, so it's paralona.cash uh, is the address, and you can find a map there where you can find some 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 places where you can spend your satoshis. Yeah, I'll Great. probably add something also. Yeah, the question you were asking, Darwin, about the wallets, what we are using, uh, mm -hmm. probably you were asking about hardware wallet or not? No, no, uh, no? mobile wallet, for example. If okay. you guys are using like Moon Wallet, Wallet of Satoshi, and in both sides, you know, user and, and merchants. Okay. So, so from for mobile wallets, I use uh, Phoenix. And as you were asking who is accepting it, I, you know, we can also mention this that, and we mentioned at the beginning that Slovakia has a 
very, very unfavorable uh, tax conditions on Bitcoin. So whenever you the sell Bitcoin and you realize capital gains, it's up to 39% of tax. And when you buy something for Bitcoin, like I'm not saying about peer-to-peer thing, but officially, because there is a big store in Czechoslovakia. It's like a Czechoslovak Amazon. It's called Alza. And they accept Bitcoin on their website and they accept also Lightning Network. But I don't think people use it directly like this. But yeah, it's a it's a very, very popular option in Slovakia. Yeah, Alza. People probably use it more often than Amazon. And yeah, this is what I wanted to add. But probably people go indirectly through Bidrefill. Great. So yeah, thank you. Yeah, I can also say from my side that I use also Wallet of Satoshi, uh, Moon Wallet, and uh, Blue Wallet. And I can also use my own uh, wallet uh, via my node. So those are the, my four options, I would say. <clears throat> and I also wanted to try uh, Alza, which is like a great way to dump your sets if there are some you know, critics that tell you that you cannot buy anything uh, with Bitcoin. <clears throat> which is not true because Alza sells like uh, almost everything. You you could you could even buy Tesla through their uh, website uh, like one or two years ago. And yes, I would love to go to El Salvador. So you are welcome. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Yeah, feel free to yeah to reach me at any point. Yeah, I hope to I hope to come there also one day. I think Dushan already has some uh, plans to go even even to the El Salvador, to the Bitcoin Beach. He's in the right, Dushan. Actually, yeah, there will be some events in November. I I think or uh, it doesn't matter, but because at, here in in El Salvador, in San Salvador and Bitcoin Beach, which are quite close, basically every week there are different uh, meetups. You know around lightning and, and bitcoin and places to to go and, and spend sat yeah and to meet other bitcoiners too but yes uh november uh there will be adopting bitcoin and no others uh meetups around uh, it will be yeah very good yeah darwin is a great bitcoiner uh i love uh talking to darwin he's doing a pos solution for El Salvadorian companies, uh, so uh, yeah. Uh, hey, Dusan, I had a question for you uh, just before you lost connection. Are you back? Do you hear me? Yes, I can hear you now. Okay, awesome. So my question to you was, um, um, if you uh, have had many Slovaks contact you and wonder how you did the exit, if you should set up a expat, a LATAM, a Slovak community, yeah, What's what's been your experience? Uh, have have you had a lot of reach out from other Slovaks? Well, uh, I did a podcast on Rotan and also a Facebook post saying that if somebody likes the idea of uh, helping up to set up the education center here, uh, then feel free to contact to reach out and we can figure out some cooperation. So about twenty to thirty people reached out. Some of them wanna wanna help uh, from Slovakia. Some of them are coming here we are already actually five guys from 
Czech Republic and Slovakia here. Two more are coming. Um, so yeah, more and more people are coming here. They want to help out with the initiative. And um, and yeah, so so there is uh, there there are people who are interested in also uh, researching more about how it works here in uh, Central America, Latin America, but mostly about uh, the experts and how to set up residence and everything. That's it's more a question to Pavel Luptag and and his liberation travel because he knows all the hacks and answers to that. Brilliant. Could you post a link on top um, to that? Uh, because uh, I think a lot of people may be struggling knowing how to find it. That'd be great. Um, everybody, I think uh, we uh, may be um, running running a bit late here. It's We're two hours in. It's 9 p.m. I want to make sure that we don't exhaust you guys. Um, so I suggest that we do a roundup session uh, where each one of you, if you could share uh, some of your thoughts, anything uh, that's on your mind, please also shield your project. If, if you haven't uh, talked enough about what you're doing in Bitcoin, share about that. Uh, we're all about you and we want to hear what you're doing. So maybe we could start with Dusan actually. Dusan, um, uh, what are... Uh, what would you like to uh, share as a roundup uh, for the space? Who, uh, as a roundup, I think um, for anybody who's who's really interested in what's going on in Central Europe, I definitely recommend uh, watching Czech and Slovak community and and really reaching out to people that were uh, that were speaking here. They can really give you great insights and help you out a lot. Svetok Satoshi Homate or Bitcoin Yoshi. Uh, Hodl from Slovakia, like all these guys know a lot. Uh, if you are interested in uh, in what's happening here in Ruatan with private charter cities and uh, and Bitcoin education, you can follow my profile or our company MTH, which uh, uh, is uh, is the company that we founded for the mining and education, and you will find a nice uh, nice face of little Emity Nakamoto. And she's our mascot. She's the granddaughter of Satoshi Nakamoto. So, who knows more about Bitcoin than 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 the granddaughter of Satoshi? So you can follow follow her and our activities on education in Roatan in Honduras. Boom! Thank you, uh, Jay Vonell. Yes, right now. Um, yeah, well, I just ask. Uh, well, if possible, just ask uh, merchants. All of us just should maybe ask some merchants to accept Bitcoin, maybe Lightning, and just spread the word. Um, yeah, that's it to wrap up from my from, from my side. Boom! Thank you so much. Um, our guest from uh, Slovakia that uh, hopped in. Uh, anyone already? You would like to share some words as well? I would like to thank you for doing this. It's wonderful to connect people. And uh, I would like to say that you can always send on-chain Bitcoin transaction for one Satoshi per V-byte. Just remember always because there are nodes who repeatedly send all the transactions from the mempool again to the network, always. So it will never be forgotten. 
we clearly have a Bitcoin educator in the making here. Anyone are really nice to see you. Uh, we have uh, Bitcoin Joxy. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, very nice to, to talk to you guys. I'm, uh, <laughs> I was very happy to be connected. I think anyone really is actually Satoshi Nakamoto. I'm sure he's Satoshi Nakamoto <laughs> with his knowledge. Uh, so very, very nice thing to be connected like this. I think uh, you had uh, your idea to do this Global Fest is perfect. And I hope to, to join again in the future. Uh, I would say just be humble, stack sets and learn more. And uh, I, I'm, I'm really a big fan of uh, work like Dushan and uh, Martin, Svedek Satoshiho, and the guys who are really uh, with both hands, both uh, legs, and uh, the whole body inside the Bitcoin rabbit hole and inside the Bitcoin waters. And uh, this is big inspiration also for me. So let's inspire more people. Let's, uh, let's uh, connect more people. Just uh, mention, let plant the seeds uh, of the about the Bitcoin. Make people uh, curious, and uh, let's say Bitcoin has already won. It is just a matter of time when we will take over. Awesome. So, um, Sve Svedok, um, please share your thoughts. Okay, so I would like to share my thoughts. Is that don't be afraid to help people to buy their first Bitcoin. I'm not saying like a very small transactions. It's that would be cool also. But if you know people around you that have some assets that like I'm talking now from the point of financial former financial advisor. And, you know, the problem with this setup is missing incentive. So if you do a quality job and help people, let's say with today's price of Bitcoin of 20,000 acquire their Bitcoin if they are capable of don't be afraid to ask a couple of hundreds euros because this way that guy will thank you later that you help them properly set up the treasure help them to buy it, it anonymously if possible and you would get some sats for it and you can be his cousin jimmy for a couple of like next year after one or two years if he stands up on his own feet then he will be happy. If not, you can find some model of working afterwards also. So I'm talking from my own experience. I probably helped 75 people and their average buying price of Bitcoin is something about three or four, 5,000. So I'm saying it's a win-win situation for everybody. And this way we'll get more people holding Bitcoin and Slovakia will be richer in the future. So these are my final thoughts. I love the work you're doing. Thank you. And uh, Tulko. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I want to thank to these spaces and all of the guys because I learned a lot from each and every one of you in these spaces. So <clears throat> it's great to connect with people. It's great to learn from them. So... <clears throat> All I can say is uh, stack sets, yeah, connect with people, try to learn, try to help others, because I think we all will need it because of uh, what fiat currency is doing to everyone. Uh, actually, it's touching uh, every single person on earth right now. 
I believe. <clears throat> so I think the only possible solution is Bitcoin. Thank you so much, Tulko. Thank you for bringing everybody together. You were my uh, point of contact that brought everybody in. Uh, seems like you got the hardcore maxis, uh, some really great maxis. Uh, I've been enjoying listening to you guys. Uh, it seems like there's a lot going on in Slovakia. It reminded me a little bit about um, talking to you about the conversation that I had a few months back with the French community where there's a lot of um, the government isn't very friendly towards Bitcoin. And uh, despite that, the French community is um, very strong and they are they are doing their things. Um, I was really in interested to hear that this education effort has been so favorably received. Um, I've only heard uh, about an organized education effort like that um, in our spaces when we've been talking to the El Salvador community and when Jaime has been interviewing uh, Bitcoin Beach and Turgos Devs and these um, efforts that are happening in El Salvador, obviously because they have to roll out the whole country, but um, that it's being received in a country where Bitcoin isn't uh, at the top of the government agenda. Um, that's really cool to hear. And um, uh, Svedok, um, I get the impression that you're really out there, uh, orange pilling people on the ground, nonstop thinking about how to onboard one more Bitcoiner. And I salute you for for that hard effort. There's, uh, uh, yeah, every extra Bitcoin that we can onboard is another win. Um, yeah, so it's been a true pleasure listening to all of you guys. Um, I also learned a lot. Uh, it was curious to me that ATMs uh, are so strong in Slovakia. Um, this is uh, quite a peculiar onboarding uh, method. And um, yeah, and that that's closing is also kind of interesting how to transition into something new. So um, yeah, thank you for that. Darwin, do you want to add something? Keep stacking SAT, stay humble and stack SAT and keep learning. That That's the key. So in this uh, Bitcoin, you know, adoption world. So yeah, it's great to, to share. Uh, it was great to, to, to share uh, this space, you know, together. And yeah, feel free to, you are in more than uh Welcome to, to, to El Salvador, and uh, yeah, hope to see you soon. Thank you so much, Darwin, and I can really recommend everybody going to El Salvador to reach out to Darwin. He is running one of the on-the-ground businesses that's been part of Orange Pilling, the big corporations, and in the conversations there. So he's really well-connected uh, mm -hmm. in San Salvador and around. So uh, connect to, with him. Global Bitcoin Fest, we're all about connecting plebs all over the world. We do it in different ways. We're listening to communities locally once a week this way. We also do a weekly uh, pleb conversation, a hangout with Global Bitcoin Fest where our old guests jump in, share with each other and ask each other questions. It's not as organized as this space, 
it's completely uh, pleb organized, so to say. So uh, just last week or this week, we had, I think, uh, 10, 11 different uh, countries represented. It was really amazing. So don't be shy. Please join us uh, Tuesdays, usually, sometimes Wednesdays. And um, we don't record it. We just focus on the conversation. And um, with that said, I just want everybody uh, to unmute together. Uh, please unmute your mic because I have a very important question to ask you. How, how do you say uh, goodbye in Slovak? Dovidenia. Ahoj. Majsa. Majsa. Dovidenia. 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 Yes. Okay. Let's all say ahoj. together. Ahoj. Dovidenia, guys. Celebrate Bitcoin adoption with Bitcoin communities all